0: Emergency podcast, guys. Johnny Cueto is officially back, baby. I don't know what kind of role he's going to be playing. Doesn't sound like he's going out as a starter to get it rolling. Sounds like it is mop-up duty for Johnny Cueto. But we are going to dig into that news. Plus, the Yuri Perez news as well from a few days back. We'll also look ahead. Bruce Sherman giving giving kim the full green light it's all in for kim and what could the targets be what positions of need do the marlins have as we approach the deadline this is locked on marlins
1: you are locked on marlins your daily podcast on the miami marlins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked on Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, hit subscribe. This, of course, is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day, particularly the everydayers. Thank you, guys. If you'd like to leave a comment and engage more directly, head on over to YouTube, guys. There is a YouTube channel. It's called Locked on Marlins, it's the same name. Hit subscribe. We're over 800 subs now. Absolutely trending. We should be at 1,000 by end of July, right? Hit subscribe there also, guys. Leave a comment. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. Let me know what you're thinking about this Marlins team. This team is 14 games over. Johnny Quato's just been recalled. Dane Myers is absolutely raking, and Bruce Sherman is saying we're all in. I don't know what to do as a Marlins fan. Luckily, Sean Barrett is here to help. It's a Tuesday episode, the UK GOAT here, pushback a day due to draft related. This draft just getting in the way, Sean, but we're back on a Tuesday. How are we doing, brother?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, we've got the draft. We've got All-Star Weekend. It's a week, as I should call it. It's uh, it's a crazy time right now, but it's a time to step back and, and look at the first half, for sure.
0: Reflection, baby. Reflection is right. You have to do it. Also, this episode is sponsored by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Sean Barrett, the Marlins are 14 games over five hundred at the All-Star break. Uh, Is this the best season, first half anyway, not overall, the best first half that you can ever remember as a Marlins fan?
1: It's certainly the best one in, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there were some. There was a very hot beginning, and I'm going to blank on the year now. But if it's definitely in the last ten years, maybe even fifteen, this is definitely um, very different. And it almost feels different in the sense of like even a hot start before you wouldn't be thinking playoffs. There was it was always that nagging doubt. I mean, this that, yeah. that resides in me at all times. But mm-hmm. it is a case of this first half. Built off the, the way that they've 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 won games and they've strung together these great series. This is this is definitely one of the more exciting seasons we've had in a long time, and I'm almost certain with your tenure, this is probably the best one you've had.
0: I mean, without doubt. For I mean, the 2020 year, the COVID year, was I mean, the season they'd have been they'd have been into the playoffs and out the playoffs by now in terms of games played. But um, 2020 was special. In in many ways, but in terms of a one six two, this is by far the the best campaign that that I've enjoyed. They're fourteen games over five hundred at this point. Sean, some some people have said this Marlins team are lucky. A fourteen games over five hundred at the All Star break is that true? Could that be true? Um, are there, is this a lucky Marlins? And is their luck going to run out?
1: I think to a certain degree, you have to say yeah, there's some luck involved, but it is a case of they're just doing things. To, to get the to get the wins and we see this well i've seen this a lot of times where you see a team that you think they no, ain't that good and they they ride a season of success and right yep. now that's how the minds feel it's not there's been some clear and obvious changes in, in the way that the team is structured but skipping under under the helm of course and it does feel like there's a new voice a new faith a new belief that this team can actually go and do something yeah and and that's definitely carried over the players have talked about it um, quite a lot recently saying that this is a very clear different direction and, and we've got hope and belief again that we can we can win the games every day um, I think the way that we've talked before about how skips managing uh, it's a completely different way and I think it is a case of yeah at the moment they're riding high on this wave of enthusiasm um, and I think it is a case of we know that the t- the record probably does flatter them Mm. but we've got so used to maybe like last year where it was the opposite. Yeah. So I, you need luck in sport. I think that's definitely the case. I think they are lucky to a certain degree. And I think it's clear that the second half is going to require some additions um, to, for it to continue because yeah. the, those lucky bounces that they've got so far may not continue. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. Like, They've
0: made their own luck, is how I would describe it. And there's been times where, you know, it's gone against them. Like, game one against the Phils, like, one lucky swing from Pache. It's probably unfair to say a lucky swing, but, you know, like, that only just got out. Like, it felt, you know, Pache's not that kind of guy. He's not looking to hit home runs there in that spot. So, you know, it was one of them games, but they've definitely had, I mean, that Jordan Hicks, like, recent one where he throws it over Coldy's head... You know, they had the catcher's interference maybe multiple times this year. There's been the voodoo magic that's just been part of this club, but equally they make their own luck because the pressure they put on teams in those spots. Like, it isn't just teams have fallen apart because, you know, for whatever reason, they're falling apart because they're feeling the pressure. That's why they're feeling the pressure because this Marlins offense in particular is it's designed to build pressure because you know they're a contact heavy team and Not going to be tons of strikeouts. There's going to be some walks. So you have to tip your cap too. But there has been an element of luck in there. Like a lot of people feel that way. But, you know, at 14 games over 500, mate, with three wildcard spots as well available, like the Marlins, I think it would be a huge disappointment from this point now if they
1: didn't make the postseason. What about you? Yeah. I mean, it's a case of this is the worst timing for the Marlins to be good because that extra wild card is actually going to keep more teams in it. They're going to be less less sellers, more buyers. So it's a bit of a concern. I mean, I'm old enough now to remember the first wild card coming in and, and how it changed the game. And it is a case of this, this now we've got a third one and it's, it's great because it means more teams are in it. and, And the Marlins obviously aren't always going to be building contenders but it's just it's just ironic that the mm-hmm. one year where the marlins are well on target to be the first wild card yeah that there are other teams that are going to be fighting for them because of the extra opportunities but yeah, yeah it's 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 good for the mid levels it, it keeps more fan bases involved and and of course it keeps more eyeballs on the game and that's that's what they're trying to do as far as the league yeah. adding these in but for the marlins yeah of course it's good
0: I'm with you on that, by the way. I mean, that, that that was always my thought about the third wild card. Was there's too many teams in in the two wild card situation, and probably the same when it was one, that were purposefully in the second half trying to be bad, and that isn't good for a game in any game. And so I've always felt that way. And so you need to keep more teams interested um, for longer, and more fan bases interested for longer. Like we've seen it first where we've been sellers in the main year after year after year. And listen, August and September, no one's watching. It's a waste of time. Like no one, you're purposefully not trying to win games and you'll check in because you're interested about a prospect or two or a guy you like. But I think it's a good thing for the game. It may not be amazing for the deadline itself where you may get less activity, but I'd prioritize more teams being in it rather than an explosive, like theoretical deadline and this deal's to be done, like to be honest with you, just thinking about this deadline itself, it could be defined by the best baseball player of all time being traded to someone else, and that would that that will like end twitter probably you know it's it will be that big of a deal, but who knows where the angels are at, but you know. They have to strongly consider Shohei Ohtani and the future there, and should they trade him? And if they don't think they can extend him, or they don't want to, you know, they should absolutely look to move Shohei Ohtani to someone. I mean, could the Marlins be
1: in the mix for Shohei Ohtani uh, as a rental, Sean? Could they? <laughs> oh, God! God love you, Pete. Uh, no, it's <laughs> a sure answer. Um, I think there's a chance that they'll trade him, but the, the Marlins don't have the. the... The capital for it, it would be a no. case of um it would be fantastic to see wouldn't it yeah but, it would it would be wild um, we need a pitcher and we need a hitter like we
0: kind of need both so phil's both needs some would say but i don't know mate i mean yeah just the general point is i like it the more clubs are in it and i think teams trying to win for longer you know when they're trying when you're tanking, it's a disservice to the fans. That's the main thing. It's a slap in the face to the fans, to be honest with you. Asking them to turn up, spend their hard-earned dough when the team doesn't even want to win and or watch the, the team and they don't want to win. It's a waste of time. Waste of time. It's the thing I hate most about American sports, to be honest with you. And I like a lot about American sports, but that element where you're incentivized to lose, it's really frustrating. And as a Marlins fan, we felt it. Um let's talk, let's get into our first ad. Then let's talk about Uri Perez and Johnny Cueto, mate, because uh, I, I recorded an emergency pod with Yuri Perez News. We're a couple of days on, so it's marinated a touch since. Johnny Cueto then recalled today, had to be recalled today. So let's dig into that, Sean, um, after the ads, which I think is still a very um, divisive topic, let's say. Um, but uh, as I've already mentioned, our good friends over at Game GameTime uh, are sponsoring this episode. And guys, if you are looking for Last-minute tickets, it shouldn't be a stressful situation. It shouldn't. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. You don't have to plan months in advance. No. Game time has got deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They've got flash deals on tickets for football, basketball. Baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the guarantee, the game time guarantee, means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. All you have to do is download the Game Time app. Download it now. Today, why not? Create an account and use the code locked on MLB for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on MLB for 20 bucks off. Not locked on Marlins. No locked on MLB. Twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sean, the breaking news uh, as we hit record here was Johnny Cueto recalled his thirty day uh, his thirty day period rehab assignment period ended today. A decision had to be made. The Marlins have made that decision. Sean Reynolds optioned. Um, so he. He was recalled and then optioned without throwing a pitch in a, you know, in a in, in a tight series with the Phils. But Johnny Cueto back. Um, the news from Craig is that the expectation is he won't join the rotation, so we're expecting Johnny Cueto into the bullpen. Yuri Perez already optioned, so let's start with Yuri Perez, mate. The news there that Yuri was optioned, and the Marlins have spoke about it since. Kim spoke about it since, that it was a breather, wanted to give Uri Perez a breather. And the expectation is perhaps he will rejoin the rotation sometime in August. So just your take on this. I gave a very knee-jerk reaction to to that news. It's hard news to take, to be honest with you. So a few days have passed. How are you feeling about this decision to to option Uri and give him that breather?
1: So I I was probably less emotional about it. I mean, this (laughs) has been... yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this is kind of what I had expected them to do. Actually, they spoke yeah. about doing it. I'm been pretty hard and fast about the idea that just keep him in the rotation, let him pitch, get get to 125 or wherever the number is that you decide, and and that's him done for the season. I I personally I understand obviously September games have this heightened kind of energy because you're getting close to the playoffs, but a win in July is just as valuable as a win in September. I don't see it. And I didn't see the necessary reason to actually change and and adjust him. Just let him pitch, get to your number, and let him go down. Since it happened, I've actually kind of slowly warmed to the idea, um, simply because I think if the team do want to slow him down, this is the best time to do it. Or she got the all-star break. Coming out of the All-Star break, the July schedule is actually quite easy. Not, the, yep. not because of the opponents, but because of the days off. They've they got three days off in in a matter of 10 or 12 games. Yep. And you, you could just about, theoretically, run with a four-man rotation. Mm-hmm. So this is a way to, to limit area pitches. So you send down to AAA. And you have him just start every five, six days, throw a couple of innings and, and be done with it. Um, I know that a lot of people have asked the question of well, if you're gonna send him down to AAA just to keep his arm warm, why not do that at the major league level? Yeah. And and to me, the simple answer to that is is because you need that spot and that you need that spot on the roster. To be that that fireman, you look at what they're doing with that twenty fifth spot at the moment twenty sixth spot at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Literally, just bring a guy up, use him, send him down, bring a guy up. So I'm quite interested to see what happens with Cueto because mm-hmm. you've got four days now before the Marlins next player game. Is he just up because well, they can, they've got four days to wait on a decision? Yeah, you could, it could right? They could essentially take a look at him at the big club. You know, throw a bullpen and and get a good look at him and and make a decision. Are we happy to keep him in the bullpen, or could yep. it just straight release him from there?
0: It's going to be the decision, isn't it? It's been it's been talked about a ton. Um, you know, I, I to your point, that has been there has been a role for that all season long. You know, the mop up dude has there has been a role, and they have just cycled arms and they've needed to because. They've had Yuri Perez that they've had... Actually, do you know what? They've really just... The whole rotation has been restricted in terms of in, it, uh, in, in terms of pitch count. Like, we saw it with Sandy his last start. We saw it with Brax recently. We saw it with Lazardo most recently, where he was, what, 81 pitches? 81? Okay, he plunked the dude, and then he was taken out of the game. And I know it's linked to the matchups and whatever, but they aren't going into the hundreds or into the late 90s, like, most of the guys are going, like, 80-something pitches is kind of the, the range, and so... And there's the odd blow-up game, and so they need that guy. They need the mop-up guy, but to your point, they've been cycling it where Soriano comes up, does well, down. Archie Bradley next up, does okay-ish, cycle, down. Yeah, I know, it's a bit, bit sketchy with Archie Bradley, but, you know, he did what he needed to do in Atlanta once. I mean, that was a tough situation for Archie Bradley there. Um, but... With Cueto, they're not going to have that opportunity. Like, he's going to be the mop-up dude, but they aren't going to be able to cycle him down. And they have actually leaned into that role pretty profusely during the whole campaign. And so, I don't know, mate. Like, I, I just... There shouldn't be any passengers in this rotation, in on this roster. There should be no passengers. 14 games over 500. They're in the wildcard one spot. The division's not in... You know, it's not in reach, the division... So they are in a dogfight for a wildcard spot. There should be no passengers. And the question will come is, well, the question you've already asked is, If you get, he is this just administrative? They've made this move today because they had to. And does Cueto actually see the field for the Marlins again? Or does something happen in between? Or if he is up, and let's say his is first outing, mop-up duty against Baltimore, it's possible that could happen. The Orioles are absolutely in Fuego. You know, Cueto comes out and he gets absolutely lit up in an inning where he's looking to go three, what do the Marlins do then? Like, all of a sudden, his arm's cooked. He's not producing. You know, is that going to be the situation here where they're just, they've just they got to see one bad outing in the bullpen to make a decision? I, I'm just completely perplexed about this whole of situation, but
1: h- how do you see this ending? I see it ending probably with a release. It is a case of they're not going to bring him into a game that's... Winnable, no. as it were. No. But but also, if if you're bringing him in and you need four innings from him or three innings from him to save the bullpen to, to fight another day, and he can't get out of the first inning, we could we could genuinely see a Yamamoto. You're throwing a hundred pitches. I yeah. don't care if you give up seventeen runs, and we could end up with a twenty-eight-three game again. Um, but but even if you do that with him, he's cooked for five days. Yeah do you keep do you keep him on the active roster yeah for those 5 days or do you can't you need that spot for the next day if you've blown through your bullpen you need to have a guy that can give you length the next day so it's a really weird situation where you've got a guy who could do mop up duty but he's so cuz of his contract and cuz of his active spot on the roster it's harder to just keep sending him down but also if you DFA him no one's picking him up anyway so no <laughs> does it really matter but this is the
0: this is the the meat and potatoes of this Johnny Cueto decision, though, mate. Because the mop up guy, the mop up guy has been a revolving door all season. And as soon as Johnny Cueto is out there in mop up duty role, whatever day that is, if it's in Baltimore, if it's in against St Louis, whatever, whenever that day may come, the the, the corresponding move at that point will be: we need to option this dude because we need an, another mop up guy because we might need him today or the day after. So. I just don't see how this is going to end here. Like it's going to end with maybe one mop-up duty outing and, and then that's it. Or to your point, they've got four days. This feels administrative. I, I just feel like I'm just not convinced Quaid is going to, going to make it back at all. I, I don't know if they just make the call earlier than that, or who knows, mate, who knows? Cause he's not owed a ton of dough now. Like he's already earned, you know, eight and a half million this year. You know, he's already in, what's that, four and a half maybe? Touch over four and a, maybe even five million. He's owed like three and a half million. Like at this point, like if Cueto comes in, stinks it out, then, someone, then the rest of the bullpen has to come in and back him up. Then all of a sudden you end up losing three games on the spin because you wanted to keep Cueto in there when you already knew he was cooked. I'd like to see him be decisive, to be honest, mate, and just like pull the plug now. They're closer to it than me. I don't see anything other than the AAA stuff, which has been absolutely putrid. So I just can't see how you can bring him back based on the, the, the AAA stuff. Like he doesn't deserve to be on the roster. That's the point is like Cueto has done nothing to deserve to be there. He's just been paid eight and a half million and he's had a good career prior to his Marlins days. It's a It's a crazy situation here and really a storyline that this club doesn't really need. Like just be brave and cut it. And just move on. I, I just I don't know why they're dicking around, to be honest. I don't know. Let's do the final ads, and then I want to talk about Bruce Sherman giving it the all-in vibes. and I want to talk about what we think or where we think the Marlins need to bolster um, this roster, because you know, once we get past the all-Star break, that is going to be um, a big conversation. So with that being said, this episode uh, is sponsored by our good friends over at Better Help. Um, And sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices. I mean, it seems like a perfect segue from that. And the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched to a licensed therapist. Switch therapists if you need, anytime for no additional charge. Um, all you have to do, it's pretty easy, is visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp as in H-E-L-P. So betterhelp.com slash LockedOnMLB. All right, Sean. Bruce Sherman in the Herald, giving it the vibes that the Marlins will be buyers. Kim Ang will have everything at her disposal for this year. He's delighted in what he's seen. He's loving what he's seen on the field. He's loving the attendance drastically rising. Um, Bruce is all in. Kim Ang is going to be busy at the deadline. The point you made, though, is the tricky one for the fish that no one's selling, really. There's still a few weeks to go. Um, A few clubs are really teetering. The Cardinals, I think, are teetering. The White Sox, I think, are teetering. There's a few clubs definitely there that that are teetering and a few that are like known sellers. Um, You'd expect Bruce Sherman to be saying that, though, right at this point. Like That's what Bruce should be saying, whether we... You know, whether it's executed, who knows? It feels like back in the day of we have money and we will spend, and then it's just the poorly spent money ever. But Bruce should be saying that. Um, Kim Ang should have free reign at this point, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a case of, I mean, what else is he going to say? But also, he doesn't have to say anything. No, true. He doesn't. It's it's, it's, it's not his prerogative to speak to the media. He doesn't necessarily have to do it. He doesn't have to technically answer the questions without, you know, you see all the time uh, with GMs and owners, you get an answer, but it's a non-answer. Yeah. Um, So I think it is a case of he said the right thing. He said said the obvious thing as well, but the the proof will be in the pudding. It is a case of, so spending at the deadline can mean many things. Doesn't it? It's it's not just a case of, you know, they're going to bring in a guy. I think it is a case of, we know that there are people that they need to bring in. There are some holes and, and the team, obviously, are going to make moves. So it's an easy thing to say. I mean, if they bring in Jaime uh, Candelario, for example, from the Nationals, he's not on a lot of money. No. but it, We're talking about millions of dollars, like it's not a lot of money. But I know. It, it, in the grand scheme of things for a baseball team, it isn't. But that Bruce could turn around and say, I said I was going to spend money, and that, yeah. that is money spent. So we'll see. I yeah. mean, it is a case of, I think... We've seen some things from him to make us think that we should trust what he says, but yep. we've also seen some things that maybe say other things. So I think it is a case of if he said the right thing and let's see him actually back that up now.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I, th- I think, you know, clearly irrespective of what happens, it's easy to walk out after the deadline and go, we tried. I tried. We tried to make it happen. Couldn't get a deal done. You know, feel like we've heard that before too we tried hard, we just couldn't get it done, et cetera, et cetera. And this isn't about actually hand, getting contracts done. You know, can you convince someone to come and join your club? It's, this, that isn't the conversation. It's about negotiating with other clubs at this point, trying to make deals. Um, from a, a needs, a position of need perspective, um, what do you What do you see as the, the true needs here? Maybe like a top three, because, you know, listen, you, you're always looking for upgrades, but... As you head into the deadline, what are the three areas, if there are indeed three? There may not be. I mean, there's 14 games over 500 here. So, what do you see as maybe like one to three position of needs here for the fish at this deadline?
1: I think, I think catcher would be in that list if it were easier to do. I just don't see. Yeah. yeah. I don't see a way to do it. I don't see anything on the market that's overly interesting apart from. Contreras, but that yeah. money—that—that's not Bruce money. That's more. Nah, that's not Bruce money. money sure. No, that's um, Yankee money or something, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll leave that one well alone. I think third base is an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've seen from Segura for the whole of the season is just—it's not good enough, quite frankly. And I think that's the most obvious spot in the in the infield that that needs filling for sure. Yeah. An extra outfielder—I I, I don't see that happening. I think there's enough to piece. Together between the players that the Marlins have. An arm, you you've got to get an arm. You could you could argue two um, yeah. at the deadline. And I you know, it'll be a case of it'll be interesting to see what they do. Where if there's there are some big names out there that are available, are they available to the Marlins? But what they got, who knows? And then a bullpen piece. I think always having like that's just the obvious thing, isn't it? You see this every year that the every competitive year. teams go and pick up Someone's closer and put him in the setup role. Yeah. And the Marlins are in a position right now that they could go and pick up a team's closer and not put him in the setup role because they might need him as their closer.
0: They might do. They might do. I mean, Puck had a bit of a ropey stretch, but I think what I like to see it's funny like seeing Skip talk about Puck. Um and speaking about how the guys were thinking about Puck as well. Like they truly believe in AJ Puck. Um, and I think that's half of the battle is, and we've we've seen it with Bassman, like he was the most obvious situation where it's in the mind in the ninth and you don't want to ding anyone's confidence. Like just let Puck, you know, give him the full back and let him just roll out there and do his thing. And Puck will come back. Like, like I said, like that Pache home run, you know, Pache's not trying to hit a home run there in that spot. He's kind of lucked out with it. And, you know, it makes it look, it looks bad. But yeah, I think, for me, in priority level, they need an they need an SP, and they need one rapido, to be honest. They need a starter, and I think they'll definitely swing a starter, which is crazy because of what this club is. They also, I think, need a righty reliever, to be honest. I'm intrigued to see if they do get Max Meyer back by the back end of the year too, like if they maybe look to get Meyer in the pen. I also, third base I think is interesting. As his catcher. I must say Gene Segura has turned around a touch since he's returned from this Phantom IL stint. The catcher spot has been a challenge, but from a defensive standpoint, I think it's looked okay. Fortes, I think, really stepped up defensively. Stallings are stallings, but I mean, first home run of the year recently. So I think it's it starts with a starting pitcher. And I I do wonder how quickly they've got to do that because we're here, you know, Cueto's back on the roster. Yuri Perez is off the roster. Um, they haven't got a fifth star at this point. To your point, maybe they go four-man and kind of mix and match maybe a bullpen day in there. But, you know, the Marlins need a starter rapid. Like, if they're going to keep Yuri Perez down there for a month, um, you know, out, out of the action, and Cueto can't do anything, Edward Cabrera is still a month away, in my opinion, Trevor Rogers even more, they need a starter now. And because they've still got Brian Hoeing in there that isn't a starter, really, either. Like, that's kind of a below average dude. So, I don't know, mate. Going back to the Uri Perez thing, the more I've thought about it, too, is, you know, the postseason, you've got a three game wild card and a five game divisional series. Like, you don't need a four man rotation in any of them. And the Marlins have got Sandy, they've got Brax, and they've got Jesus Lazardo. Like, I'm perfectly happy with those three going in in a playoff series, to be honest with you um let's you know let's keep the momentum rolling really with Yuri Perez like let's keep him up there to what we've spoken about really is like let's use the bullets now and october we can work about we you know you can work on october later but i think they need Yuri Perez and i also think they need they need the starting pitcher to trade as well so i don't know which direction they go with the starting pitcher but they definitely need one um I'm gonna dig into some names. I think soon. Is there any names that you're thinking about that you think could be could be a fit? Like, are you thinking rental with a starting pitcher, or are we yeah. are we
1: thinking like controllable guy? I mean, to be honest, I've not I've not looked at names, but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see what's available as a rental or a guy with a year of control because you can never have enough arms. I mean, we've, yeah. we've spoken all off for the last three spring trainings, I think, about how many arms that the ones have got. Right, and right. then we get to June and July and all of a sudden you're scrambling. Can uh-huh. I just stop and take a second? To, you've just said Braxton, who was the long man entering the season as yeah. a potential playoff Series starter is, I think that's just that speaks volumes of where we are. And yeah, yeah, realistically, an arm that you pick up is probably going to be one of those free starters for the Marlins in a playoff series in an ideal world. Look, Braxton's done a great job this season, but we're going to get to the point where does he have the bullets left into October? And, and I think that's that's part of the parcel of why the Miners need one, maybe two arms. It's not just for now, it's for it's for later. It's yeah. for when you've got guys like Lazardo. Lazardo's not got a lot of innings as well. It's, I know. It starts to get pretty scary pretty quickly. And the Miners could get to the point where we get into late September. They've acquired a playoff berth. Mm. But they're firing blanks. You've got you've got nothing left. <laughs> so true was so
0: the funny thing is though sean right like we're so focused on uri perez for obvious reasons but apart from sandy everyone it, Yuri plus everyone else has the same concern that they've just never done 160 plus or anything like they've never had a full body of work ever and they're babying uri perez for obvious reasons but they can't afford the baby Jesus Lozado, Braxton Garrett. At this point, like, they need them badly, and they need them to stay healthy. Because if they any of those two go down, um, right now in particular, if any of those two, if there's anything that happens, then the Marlins are in serious trouble. I think from a, a pitch in depth perspective, like you know, it might be you know, Noble Maya season. Like it may it may be that that urgent. We'll see. But yeah, it's going to be a fun you know, what, two weeks, I guess, as we kind of walk up to the deadline and see how things play out. But I think the needs are pretty obvious, like starting pitcher one, maybe even two of them. Um, and I do think it's interesting that they, they went pitcher-pitcher in the, in the start of the draft. Um, you know, maybe replenishing what they think they're about to take away from, um, to look to, you know, and the, rightly they should. They're all in this year, and they should look to supplement the Major League roster right now um and and give themselves a chance because that's what it's all about it's not about trying to play for 500 balls so i do think that what was your take on that the two pitches first off the you know first off the board there for the fish it does kind of lean into the fact that some of the upper miners guys could well be available and on the move i think
1: yeah i mean it fits at mo doesn't it go pitching heavy in the draft and yeah it's a case of you've got this conveyor belt of guys continually happening and as the Miners develop these arms, it it does get to the point where you can trade from that surplus. I mean, it was weird because they went into the sort of the draft talking about we're going to go hit her first, hit her first, hit her first. And then went with a high score pitcher, which some call it a bit of a reach. But I mean, no one's doubting the, the quality of the arm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, as you said, over the next two weeks as that depth that the Marlins has. I mean, Maya, for example, is, is you've spoken about it already, but being an ideal trade candidate because he's not available to the Marlins right now. So he is right now for this season, dead wood. And of course, going into the future, he's got massive potential. So yeah, he's, he's one of the, I think the, the, the miners have a certain level of depth, but that, in the minors, but that's where they're going to have to trade from to to acquire. So it's going to be interesting. And the draft obviously is full of excitement, but we're talking about 18 year olds who might not be in the majors for another six, seven years. Not everyone can be Eric Perez.
0: No, no, they can't. It's crazy to think like, you know, just hearing Noble Meyer talking. I mean, firstly, I I spoke about yesterday's episode, like just look, I saw his face. And then I heard him speak and I was like, whoa, like he's got some deep tones, which really caught me off guard, actually. But yeah, to your point, like he's only 18 months, I think, or so younger than Yuri Perez. But like, you know, we're now thinking, well, he's four, five, six years away, which is, you know, just again, just shows just Yuri Perez is a unicorn. Like he really is. Like what he's doing is is crazy. So um We're going to wrap it up there. It's been a real fun episode. The Marlins are 14 games over 500 at the All-Star break. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of fans that don't know actually know what to do with themselves. Um, They don't know how to react, which is fun. I know how I reacted to Yuri Perez being optioned, and it wasn't that positive. And I I feel the same in in a negative way about Johnny Cueto being uh, recalled, but it is what it is. We've got a few days to see if he actually ends up throwing any pitches or not. Bruce Sherman saying he's all in. The Marlins' needs, I think, look, look pretty clear. Starting pitcher is a big, big priority at this point. The Marlins need to do something. need to do it quick. Um, I do think they look to add a reliever too. And I'm interested to see on the offensive side of the ball too whether they look to address third base or catcher um, as we approach the deadline. But either way, guys, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks to the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett. Of course, on a Tuesday Tuesday episode from Sean Barrett. We'll be back, of course, on Wednesday um, looking back at all the action from the Home Run Derby and that pronunciation, and also uh, looking ahead to the All-Star game as well. Look forward to seeing you then.